Now, on this Invest Talk podcast, Steve Peasley listens to your questions. I'm hoping you can explain the hit on metals of mining. Quick question on ticker symbol AG, first majestic. My wife has a rollover 401k from a previous employer. I was curious if this is eligible to be used to do a backdoor Roth. And provides unbiased answers. Well, that's pretty easy. Open up a Roth account, start moving the assets over there. Just know that every asset that you move over to the Roth is added to your income. Invest Talk across America and around the world. Your participation makes it unique. 888-99-CHART. This podcast is produced by KPP Financial. Steve Peasley, President. KPP Financial. Independent thinking, shared success. And now today's podcast. Welcome to Invest Talk. It is Friday, March 25th, 2022. I'm Steve Peasley, and I look forward to doing this podcast. Because I really do like doing it. I do like hearing your questions. I like getting the playback. I like to see what people are thinking and what they want to buy and maybe why they want to buy things. And then sometimes I get good ideas myself. I like sometimes some of the items people are talking about. That's, hey, yeah, maybe that's a something, to th- something to consider. So I do like doing the show. I, you know, it, we Justin and I do it live every day, Monday through Friday, four to five Pacific time. And of course, I know you realize you are in charge of your own financial future, your own goals, as far as that is concerned. But my issue is that you need to work toward it. You can't just want goals and do nothing about it. You got to put effort into it, and you just kind of spend less than you earn. That's all. What's so hard about that? I don't understand why that is so hard. You earn X, you spend 10% less than X. That's it. That 10% is what you invest, and eventually that will turn out to be big bucks. That's all you have to do. It's not rocket science. It's, It's very doable. And, of course, we're still dealing with volatility. The market is, you know, still in the throes of, you know, bearishness. Uh, and I don't see how that's going to change anytime soon. The Fed's going to continue to raise rates. They've said they are, and they're, they're going to do it. Inflation is still going to be high, and the Ukraine-Russia war isn't going away anytime soon, it appears. So, so not much is changing until we see a change. We're just going to, the market's going to continue to be volatile. I can't see it being any other way. So be prepared and just understand it. That doesn't mean you can't make money. It just makes it difficult. It makes it more difficult. And you've got to be very careful of what you enter, what kind of stocks you're entering. So I know you want answers to specific questions. Most people call in and ask stock questions. But any general investment question is great. Questions about your 401k, IRAs, anything financial, we'll, we'll be happy to discuss here on, on the air. So if you have those kind of questions, I ask you to bring them to the table so we can talk about it. If you have that question, other people probably have the same question. So it helps not only you, but them as well. On this podcast, we operate with the same mission statement we say every day, and that is independent thinking and shared success. So we'll give you the facts. We'll be honest about it. 
and it won't be a biased. Basically, that's what we do. So I encourage you to give me a call. Let's, let's do a call. Let's go right to the first caller question, listener question. Hey, Steve or Justin. This is Larry here from South Florida. The company I'm calling about today is Daskey, ticker symbol D-S-K-E. They're a flatbed logistics and trucking company. I've been watching it for a while, and I see it's uh, jumped up here, and I just wanted y'all's insight on if it was too late to get in here or if this was looking good at its current levels. All righty. Thank you, and have a great day. Well, it's a pretty small company. It's a $665 million company. I mean, not microscopic, but small. Okay, it does about three, four, does about 400 uh, million a quarter in sales, which is decent. Uh, and sales have been rising in the last three quarters. The most recent quarter was December. It was up 17%. So it's been the teens. Lower teens is what has normally been in growth in sales. It's going to make a dollar eleven this year, made a dollar nineteen last year. Next year it's going to make a dollar twenty. It's a ten dollar sixty four cent stock. So both selling below ten PE. Its range is six to one hundred twenty six on a PE for the last five years. Uh, return equity is very good at forty eight percent, like that. Strong cash flow, dollar fifty eight. No dividend. Uh, management owns six percent, and mutual funds have been net buyers in the last year, so they're they're putting it on. I don't think it's out of line. Uh, it has risen strongly from a dollar back in the COVID days, and even less than a dollar, but now it's at ten dollars, and it's been kind of marching up consistently over that period of time. Um, so a uh, dollar twenty, it you know, if you get a ten PE, it's worth twelve dollars. Right, the stock is twelve. It's ten dollars sixty four cents. I don't think that's an unreasonable value. I think it's a good value. So I think it's a good value choice. And I do like that they're you know specialized in transportation services in North America. You know, uh, as far as services meaning logistics, I, I like that area. I think that's a good. As long as the economy continues strong, it's very cyclical because it's attached, it's attached to the economic cycle. But for the time being, I think our cycle, we're still growing. So, DSKE, everybody. My focus point today, it's about a story how COVID-19 has changed investing, changed it. So we'll talk about that. Um, I also have uh, um, several other things I want to talk about. Did you see the... Um, the new home sales and the pending home sales this week. Briefly talk about those. Um, um, earnings season. We're coming to the end of the quarter. The end of the quarter being middle of the next week. What do we look for in earnings? And what, what's a couple of things you've got to keep an eye on? Remember, we're looking at the future. We're looking toward the future. Is the economy going to be strong or weak? Let's, so there's a couple of things I think we should keep an eye on. And could we dramatically increase... Our oil production here in the United States? Could we do that? Not will we, could we? Is it possible? And how much? So I thought we'd talk about that again. I know we talked about it several times, but I think, you know, I just paid $6.06 a gallon uh, this week to film one of my cars. $6.06 here in Southern California. 
So I think it's important, you know, with all the interruptions that we have in oil production around the world or, you know, sanctions and all those things, can we just produce our own and are, are we growing our supplies and do we have to rely on anybody else? So that's, we'll talk about that. Market was up today. Well, I, let me take that back. It was mixed. The Dow was up 153 points. The Nasdaq was down 23 points. And the S&P was up 23 points. So that was an up day for the market, but not necessarily the Nasdaq. Okay. Um, remember, there's certain, you know, you remember those FANG stocks, Facebook, Apple, Netflix, Google, Microsoft, which should be in there. They they dominate the DASDAP because they're so big. Okay, they're big, big companies. So when they're big, that big, what they do kind of pushes the NASDAQ index around. So the S&P 500 represents about 80% of the companies, only 500 companies that it's tracking, but the market cap of those 500 is about 80%, so it's a little bit broader indicator. So the Dow is only 30 companies, 30 big companies, but that's it. They're pretty darn narrow, I think. They're supposed to represent a broad swath of our economic uh, engine, but, you know, still, it's the biggest, 30 big, it's only 30. This is Invest Talk, everybody. We'd love to talk to you. Justin and I are grateful for all our podcast listeners, and we thank you for that. There's a couple other ways you can listen to us. You can go to our YouTube channel or Instagram following. Go to investtalk.com. You know, um, investtalk is there. We'll be adding uh, content to both those things. Again, go to investtalk.com. Tell your friends. Investtalk phone lines are open, 888-99-CHART. No two investors have an identical portfolio, so each investor will have different questions. I guess I'm wondering how I should kind of diversify. If the questions specific to your portfolio aren't being asked, your situation is not addressed. And I wanted your thoughts on the cannabis market. Steve Peasley and Justin Klein take Invest Talk listener questions each weekday during the program live stream in the 4 to 5 p.m. hour Pacific time. The Invest Talk Voice Bank never closes, so your questions are always welcome. As a newer investor, my question concerns positions. You have the right to remain silent, but why would you when anything you ask will be used to help you create your financial freedom? I think it'll probably go higher. And so I would keep a tight stop on it. So don't forget to call Invest Talk 888-99-CHART. Invest Talk is here to help. And when you download the free Invest Talk podcasts, don't forget to rate and review. The phone lines are open 888 99 Chart. Hi, Steve or Justin. My name's Eli. I'm 15. And I was just wondering if you'd give me on any more guidance on where to look, go more in depth with the stock market and learn more. And my second question is. Is there a way, since I'm not 18, I can't technically invest, so is there a way I could, somewhere I could put my money in to make money, like, uh, I don't know, somewhere to put it, that way each year or each quarter I make a certain percentage? Thank you, and look forward to hearing it. 
Okay, I have I have answers for that. Uh, one of the things you could do is go to investopedia.com, investopedia.com. They have tutorials there. They have uh, dictionaries of investment terms that you can look up, and, and it will help you understand the market better. So I would suggest that. Of course, there's books to read, but, you know, that's a whole other thing. Also, um, you can you can have your parents open up what's called a uniform gift to minors account, they call them UPMAs, in which the account is uh, opened up with you as the eventual owner, and you it, turned, it, it becomes your account at age 18, but, you know, they have supervision until they, you turn 18. But what they can do is open up the account uh, at, an, at a brokerage firm. You can give them the money, and then, you know, they can give you authority to trade your own account money. You can do it yourself. Then at 18, that money becomes yours officially, even though it is already yours. But at least you can put do something with the money before you turn 18. You can invest it. So that's what I would suggest. I think that would that would uh, that would be something you could be you could do with your money. Much more interesting for you. Okay, good call though. And you, I'm very happy you're starting young. Starting young is very helpful. My focus point today is based on the story of how COVID-19 changed investing. <coughs> Excuse me. And it did. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, because it changed how people lived. It made a kind of a permanent change. And what happened is retail investors became increased dramatically. Why? Because you're home. They were home. And they were getting those three stimulus checks from Uncle Sam. And they were home. Therefore, they could invest their money. Okay? That was one reason. Two um, ways. Uh, the second way that has changed investment. We have huge inflation compared to our normal inflation. That changes the way you invest. It's a dramatic change in what you should invest in. So that was a second thing. So people staying at home, huge inflation, and then the home buying boom, real estate. That people don't people don't work out of the office, right? Pandemic made people don't not go in the office, and they started working from home. Turns out. A lot of people like it, and now they can live wherever they want to. There's a big move out of the city cities into the suburbs and further out. Before, it was very fashionable for, especially the millennials, to live in the city because there's so much more to do in the city. Well, that kind of changed with all the turmoil with COVID and uh, inner city riots and things, and so hey, it's nicer to live out of the city, and you can get to do your work there. COVID did that. And three things, so three basic things have changed the face of investing. Now it's still the same. Uh, you got to do your work and homework, and you got to you know understand what you're investing in, balance your portfolio, and all those other things you have to do, but. COVID did make a pretty good change in the way things are. 
We're moving to a break, everybody. Jerry from Palo Alto, I want you to hang on if you would. You're going to be next, so hang on. This is the Best Talk 888 99Chart. Your objective is to work hard, plan well, and achieve financial freedom, right? You're in luck because Steve Peasley is here now, ready to take your finance and investment questions. Call 888-99-CHART. Okay, why don't we go talk to Jerry in Palo Alto. Thanks for holding on, Jerry. appreciate that. No problem, Steve. A uh, CRWD. <clears throat> I got in a really good price at once, uh, I think, 160. Uh, good for you. Re- re- yeah, recently. So it's, it's blown up pretty well, and I'm wondering, do, do I, it's only 40 shares, but do I take the money run or do I let it ride, or what do I do at this point? Okay, uh, the number of shares really doesn't matter. Because your, your thinking is right in which, what do I do, even if it's one share or a million shares, what do I do at this point since I had a really nice run up? And the answer is, well, well let's see, let's take a look at the company and see where it should go. It's CrowdStrike Holdings, everybody, CRWD. I really like where they are. They operate as a software company that develops security solutions in the United States. I like that area of the market a lot, but... Unfortunately, so does a lot of other people. Okay, this company is growing very fast. Sales are going on. Uh, sales are growing sixty to seventy percent or higher each quarter, uh, and earnings are going to be up sixty-four percent this year and another forty-five percent next year. But then, when you relate it to the stock price, you say, "Well, is that cheap, expensive, proper pricing?" Well, if it's going to make a dollar fifty-nine, it's a two hundred twenty-one dollar stock. That means it's a 200 P.E. in that range of. Right now, the P.E. is 300 and something based on this year's earnings. So uh, it's very expensive. Now, it probably deserves to be expensive because of sales growth of both earnings and sales. But it's so expensive, I would be uh, I would take some of the profits. I wouldn't sell it all, but I certainly would take some profits off the table. Because it's uh, looking uh, looking to hit some strong resistance around 230 to 235. It's at 221 now. And so it's going to hit some strong resistance here. Then the next resistant area is, is, is like 290 to 300. So i probably take some off the table and put pockets and profits is what I would do. Good trade, though, Jerry. Uh, very good. Thank you. And it's still a strong company. I'm not bad math on the company. It's just expensive. And growth stocks are not in favor as they used to be, so I'm a little concerned. Okay? Thanks, Jerry. I appreciate it. On Fridays, I generally make time to fit in a couple of run, a couple of quick rundowns on some of the benchmark numbers. So let me list a couple. The two-year treasury yield, 2.25, 2.265. And just to give you a little perspective on that, it was a 1.962 weeks ago, and here it is 2.265. And 13 weeks ago, it was a 6.64%. Now it's 2.2%. The 10-year treasury, 2.47. So think how tight that difference is between the 2 and 10-year treasury, how tight it's becoming. Now, nine weeks ago, the Treasury was playing 1.7. 
So both the Treasury and the two are yields are going up, but the yield spread between the two is squeezing. If it inverts, 100% of the time in the past in history, a recession is on its way. Hasn't inverted yet, but it's going in the wrong direction. Gold was priced at 19.56 per ounce. Last week was 19.26. Uh, seven weeks ago it was 18.05. So gold is kind of creeping up. Silver is doing the same thing. 25.45. Uh, this week it was 23.94 a month ago. Oil selling 113 dollars a barrel. Last week it was 104. But try to remember, and, and what, 15 weeks ago was nine, uh, well, four weeks ago was 90, 15 weeks ago, 15 weeks ago is 66, 113 now. Now, I read a number of articles saying, it's going to go to $250 a barrel. Okay, when I see stuff like that, I know that it's getting probably close to its top, <laughs> but there's a lot of things pushing it higher, but... I, you know, when people get too exaggerated on that and I start reading that in the public press, uh, I usually think that, you know, overblown. Now, the national average of a gallon of gasoline, $4.24. I just told you I spent $6.06 this week here in California. Okay, California average is five ninety. So... We we get to pay a lot here, isn't that Oklahoma? It's three eighty. You guys are lucky out there. Man. Chris from uh, Florida. This is an iTunes review question. Chris from Florida. I want him to take a look at uh, Lululemon. I think that's L U L U. Yeah, Lululemon. I want to get your thoughts on Lululemon as a long-term hold. Every woman I know loves a product, and the business seems to continue to grow. I like the leadership. Is it trading at too high a multiple? Okay, uh, it's the multiple, yes. It's just a clothing store. It is growing fast, but sales have grown. Most recent quarter, 30% growth. Before, that was 60 and 80. I'm a little concerned about that. It's going to make $9.07 a share. It's a $321 stock. It's way too expensive for me. I wouldn't buy it. Great numbers. Return equity is 27%. That's great. Management owns one percent. Mutual funds are buying slowly, but you're taking an awful chance at this price for a clothing company. So it's not my cup of tea. I I, I wouldn't own it. Okay, it's Friday. The weekend is almost here. The highlights from the KPP Premium Newsletter are coming up soon. Talk about it here on Invest Talk. Let's say you've been thinking about learning a new language. Okay, why? I mean, how would it come in handy? And where would you want to use it? Could it be that you have an upcoming international trip? Or maybe you want to connect with family members or friends from a different culture? I think you should know about Rosetta Stone. With millions of users, it's been the world's most trusted language learning program for 30 years. Rosetta Stone is available on your desktop or as an app with audio companion and the ability to download lessons offline. Rosetta Stone truly immerses you in the language you want to learn. It has a built-in, patented speech recognition engine called True Accent. So as you practice speaking, 
you'll get feedback on how well you pronounce words. With Rosetta Stone, you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. It's an intuitive process designed for long-term retention. You really learn to speak, listen, and think in your new language. Rosetta Stone is an amazing value, so your special skill set is within easy reach. You know you want to do this, so don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, InvestTalk listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com today. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off now at rosettastone.com today. At this point, I think almost everyone has heard how generative AI promises to bring us to the next industrial revolution. AI is already shaping society with an impact on daily life that echoes the transformative significance of electricity or the internet. As we take steps to embrace the potential of generative AI, we need to remain vigilant with regard to its exploitability. This is where HackerOne comes in. HackerOne's AI Red Team addresses the novel challenges of AI safety and security for businesses that are launching new AI deployments. The HackerOne approach involves targeted offensive testing by harnessing the collective skills of ethical hackers who are proficient in AI and prompt hacking. In short, AI red teaming is the practice of stress testing AI models and deployments to make sure they can't be tricked into providing information beyond their intended use and that security flaws can't be exploited to access confidential data or systems. HackerOne seamlessly integrates with your existing tools to enhance communication and collaboration across development, security, and IT teams. So, stay ahead of the game in the battle against cyber threats with HackerOne's attack resistance platform. Learn more at HackerOne.com. That's H-A-C-K-E-R-O-N-E. Dot com, HackerOne.com You are listening to Talk. We've seen the markets go up, then down, sideways, and around. It's called volatility. And if you're a serious investor, you'll have finance and investment questions for Steve Peasley. He's here now taking your calls Live Invest Talk 888 Chart 888 Let's go talk to Edgar in San Diego and let's talk about uh, Micron Technology. Hi, Edgar. Yes, hi, Steve. I was looking at Micron and I look at it, it's been on my watch list. It seems uh, it's kind of a cheap with eight or nine uh, PE. And they are going to have their earnings report, up, I believe, it's next week. I was wondering what you think about it. It looks cheap to me, too. It does. Micron Technology, MU, it's a symbol, everybody, uh, makes DRAM and, and flash memory-type image sensors and computer servers, for computer servers and consumer electronics stuff. Okay, so that's what it does. It's going to make $9.22 this year. Next year, it's going to make $12.50, and it's a $78 stock. That's a 6 PE. 
<coughs> Excuse me. Now, the five-year range for P is 2 to 30, so it can get much cheaper than that. Sales growth is in the mid-30s and has been for four quarters in a row. Uh, it's hard for me to see why this wouldn't go up higher. I mean, it's a growth stock selling at a very uh, at a, a value stock multiples. So it's really inexpensive. It's an $87 billion company. It's huge. So I, I kind of like it. It only pays a half a percent dividend. I, I wish it would pay a higher one. Uh, because it's going to be tough for it to continue to grow that fast. But it's very inexpensive. So, you know, from that point of view, I, I think it looks pretty good. Edgar, appreciate the call. Thank you. That was Micron Technology MU. Okay, the KPP Premium Newsletter was finished today. It will be going out tomorrow. In the marketing conditions section, I said, after last week's Federal Reserve rate increase, several regional Fed presidents gave speeches making it very clear that the Fed is going to raise rates up to six to seven times this year. Six or seven. All at 20 point, all at 0.25% increments, that would push the Fed fund rate to what? Two to 2.25%? What would that do to the mortgages? What would that do to the mortgage industry? What would that do to the real estate industry? For several years, I said the 30-year mortgage rate has been below 4%, but now it's above 4%. It may be that the Federal Reserve has finally turned to addressing the scourge of rising inflation. The Fed insistence on a path of constant increases could easily be an indication of its intention to slow inflation. Currently, inflation rate is over twice its long-term average at 3.25%. It sits right today at 7.87%. It was not long ago the Fed targeted 2% rate inflation. Last year, the Fed said it was going to let inflation run hotter than normal. But currently, it's more than just hot. That's my that's, that's just part of the first section, market condition section. So there's more there if you have an interest in that. Um, I talked about the durable goods sales. Uh, I talked about the housing market. Uh, you know, there's other things I talk about in there. So, but that's how I started that section. In the portfolio management section, hedging is a way to attempt to protect a portfolio of stocks from declining in value. In most cases, hedging is used to mitigate the fall not to stop it altogether. You can use various methods to hedge. Then I went on to explain a couple. What's a perfect hedge? A perfect hedge is you own 100 shares of, of ABC company and you short 100 shares of ABC company. That means no matter what direction it goes, you won't lose money, you won't make money. That's a perfect hedge. Well, why would you do that? I even explained why would you do that? Well, maybe you have a huge capital gains in it and you don't want to sell it to protect the profit because you still think it's got a ways to go. At the same time, you don't want to watch that value of that go down if the market turns and you feel that it might. So you might hedge it because you don't want to sell it because of the taxes. See, there's, way, there's different reasons for hedging. Okay, so... um. 
There's other things, you know, uh, uh, other ways of hedging. Maybe you could hedge the whole market against your portfolio. In other words, you sell short, and I explained a little bit of how what that means. That means if you sell something short, that means you think it's going down. If it goes down, you make money uh, as if just the opposite. If it goes down 10%, a short position that went down 10% would mean you would make a 10% profit. Okay, so don't hedge unless you understand what it is and what it does. But you can hedge your portfolio of individual stocks uh, with a short position of the entire index. So that if you think the market's going to go down, but you think your stocks might hold up pretty good, well, you can protect the portfolio. And you don't have to hedge the whole thing. You can hedge off 25% of your portfolio. There's different techniques. Learn them. In the stock ideas section, one of the largest, world's largest clothing retailers was in there, a multi, multinational corporation engaged in designing, marketing, and distributing athletic wear, apparel, equipment, accessories. Stock is trading at 4.5 times sales. With potential slower growth in the near term, we would likely see there's, it's likely to see there's, to shrink the multiple to 3.5. But, that's still above the average in the industry of 2.8. So, also looked at a U.S.-based company that allows uh, organizations to manage electronic agreements. We believe it is trading higher than its true value, but its consistent year-over-year sales and earnings growth could justify a buying opportunity from the mid to high 60s, maybe to the low 70s. Of course, I named names in the newsletter. Give you those. Those are just stock ideas. They're not recommendations for you to buy or sell. Because we're not supposed to do that. But they are recommended names to put on your watch list and decide. You know, do your own research. Okay. <coughs> Excuse me. Consumer watch section. We all know that home prices have jumped to new highs, and if you are able to sell your house. Now, it might be a good time to do so before market rates go much higher. So if you want to need to sell your house, you might hurry up and do it while the market's still pretty warm. So what can you do to make your house worth more? So I gave you a few uh, suggestions. Fix up your front yard. Make it look better on a curb appeal. Paint your front door. Make the curb appeal more attractive. That's first thing, first impression. Need to do that. And of course, what's the what's the one thing in a house that makes houses worth more, more desirable? The kitchen. Refinish your kitchen cabinets. You don't have to spend a ton of money, but spend some money if it looks kind of drab and dreary. And recently, recent years, Install smart home technology, such as locks, thermostats, lighting. Everybody's impressed with that. Oh, look, hit the button. Look what it is. I'm not so impressed with it myself, but that's me as a personal thing. <laughs> but people are. Okay, so there's always a good deal of valuable information in the KPP Premium Newsletter. If you ever want to subscribe, I think you should. Go to investtalk.com and subscribe. You'll get it every Saturday. We we do it every. I do it every week. You know how much work that is to produce a newsletter every week. No one does that. Every week, 
a different newsletter. It's not, it's a, it's a hard thing to do, but I think we got to keep people up to date. I think it's smart for you to be up to date on everything when you're investing your money. So go to invest.com and, 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 and uh, subscribe to it. It comes in every Saturday morning to your email box. Let's get back to Invest Talk Voice Bank, 888-99-CHART is the number. Hello, Steve and Justin. This is Tony calling from Louisville. I learn something of value every time I listen to your show. I'm actually at the midpoint of Steve's book, Above Average Investing, and it's a very good read so far. I own shares of uh, ticker symbol PPG or Papa Papa Golf at $135 a share. The share price has been selling down the past few days. This is a $29 billion market cap company with a PE of about 22, price to sales less than two, and return on equity of about 23%. Would you hold here or, or exit? Keep up the good work, and thanks very much. Bye. Okay, let's look at it. PPG Industries out of Pittsburgh, uh, Pennsylvania, makes coatings, glass, and chemicals for packaging, aerospace, agricultural, uh, architectural, automotive, and other markets. It's very consistent. Earnings have been going up for years, slowly going up. It's going to be $7.38 this year. That's 9% more uh, than last year. And next year, it's going to go up $8.92. It's a $129 stock. Okay, so that means the P.E. is not that high. Let's see. Let me do a quick 129 divided by uh, 892, 8.2 equals. Okay, so it's, that's a 14 and a half P.E. And the market P.E. generally long-term is 15. So it's selling at a fair market value. But when you add in the sales growth has been very strong the last year. Before that, it wasn't. But the last year, sales growth is in 12%, 19%, 45%, 15%. So we'll just call it the mid-teens on average, okay? <coughs> Pays a 1.8% dividend. Return on equity is 27%. Very good. Uh, management owns 1%. Mutual funds are pretty much steady. They're not buying. They're not selling for the last year. So... It's fallen off $180 down to uh, where it is now, $129. It got lower than that. Um, looking at a chart. That looks like where that looks like about where support will be going all the way back um, a couple three years ago. There, I, I probably would hold on to it because I do like where it is, and it's a cyclical cyclical company, meaning it's attached to the economic cycle. So it's going to go down if the economy goes down. It will go down. But I think it's fairly priced right now, and if they keep the sales growth up, it should go higher. But I'm not convinced they can do that. I don't know. They're, I'm kind of ambivalent. I wouldn't own this company because I don't see any catalyst for it to go higher. I think you can find something better. PPG. Thanks for the call. Appreciate it. Okay. Um, Wednesday, we had new home sales out. Okay. They were 772000 for the previous month. 
They expected it to be 805,000, and uh, the previous month was 788,000. So it was down, and it went. It was much below what it expected. Pending home sales, okay, shrunk 4.1%. They expected it to grow 1%. And this was the fourth month in a row that has fallen. So we're seeing the effects of rising interest rates. And I think it's going to continue to put pressure downward on the housing market. Prices are still high. And I don't want to tell you that the the housing market is weak. No, it's pretty strong, but it's weakening. You know, that's the issue. It's no longer strengthening, it's weakening because the Federal Reserve is raising rates. Now, the Federal Reserve has nothing to do with the mortgage rates, right? They don't. They don't set rates. They only set one rate, and that's the overnight rate when banks borrow money from the Federal Reserve. And it used to be used to cost those banks zero. Now it costs them 0.25%. What does that do? That that causes a ripple effect in all the other interest rates. Do, do the banks have to raise their mortgage rates? No, they can keep them low. But the what happens is these rates, you know, are kind of interconnected. The mortgage rate kind of tracks the ten-year Treasury rate, and that's been going up recently. Right, you you know I tell you every Friday what the rates are, what they were a week ago, a month ago. So you know the ten-year mortgage rates have been going up. So the so the mortgage rates goes up. What's pushing the rates up? The Fed stance is putting pushing pressure upward on the rates. The Federal Reserve does not have a very good, very good instrument to try to control inflation, try to keep steady the economy. They have. Interest rates, and they can buy you can buy bonds in the open market <clears throat> to influence rates. They can do different things, but then it's it's not a perfect instrument. And the Fed usually overshoots one direction or the other. They raise the rates too much, and it throws us into recession, or they lower it too much. And frankly, I think they want to push us. And I said it in the newsletter. They want to push, I think they're trying to push inflation down. I think that's their whole, their whole uh, you know, purpose here, raising rates so stringently. This is Invest Talk, everybody. I'm Steve Peasley, and we have one goal here, always the same goal, to help you achieve financial freedom. And, of course, we will continue right after this break. We get your calls in, 888-99-CHART. For investors, the goal of achieving financial freedom requires unbiased information, strategic planning, and determination. Congratulations! You've found the podcast that is dedicated to helping you succeed. Invest Talk. 888 chart. Let's talk to Bill and Santa Cruz. Hi, Bill. Hey, Steve. How are you doing? I'm good. Thanks for the call. Um, hi. You were you were you were uh, having such a good dialogue. I almost didn't want to interrupt, but <laughs> I realized nobody was calling, so I should fill in. Uh, Target Corporation. I just bought some uh, a couple days ago, and I just wonder what you think of it at this uh, price range. Okay, a Target. It, you know, it, you can't beat Target. I think Target's a great company. They have 19, 
1,897 Target, Super Target, and City Target stores in the U.S. offering general merchandise. It's a $101 billion company. Their earns, earnings are $15.86 a share, So, and the stock price is 218 So if you figure out the math there, just a quick little calculation, uh, 15.6, and you get... Uh, I hate this sometimes. My, I, I get, I got thick fingers. For so forgive me here. Fifteen point eight equals. Okay, so the PE ratio was what around twenty two, twenty ish. The range is ten to twenty four. So it's not cheap. Return equity is very high at forty nine percent. Cash flow is almost twenty dollars a share. Pays a one point six percent dividend, and sales growth. It's been tailing off a little bit, but it's still growing sales. The last most recent quarter was 9%. Before, there's 13, and then 10, and then 23. They have been growing their sales. They even grew their sales through the COVID years. Very steady company. That's why, as a retailer, it sells per a pretty high multiple consistently. So, on a looking at it from a technical point of view, is it a good buy where you purchase it? I would say, yeah, I think this is where you would want to buy it, okay? Uh, I mean, it's got a little 184, then jumped up on earnings to 225 or so. Now it's at 218, and that was about a month ago. So it's and it dipped down to 204, back to 218. You know, So I, I think this is a really strong support, and the resistance is going to be around 2, 265 to 270. So I like the company a lot, but this kind of company you want to buy when no one else likes it, and that's hard to that's hard to do. <laughs> you know, it's hard to come by. Thanks for the call, Bill. I appreciate it. Let's go to Charles in Benicia. Benicia, where is yes. that? Benicia, Benicia, Steve. Oh, Benicia. Okay, where is that? Yeah, it's in the North Bay, um, across okay. the bridge from uh, Walnut Creek. Okay. Ah, I've never been there, and I've been up in that area a lot. Okay. So you want to talk about F-R-O-T, F-R-O-T. No, F-L-O-T. F-L-O-T. I was just going to say, yeah. I don't have a F-R-O-T. F-L-O-T. Um, okay, that is iShares uh, floating rate bond. Right. So my question is, the dividend, the monthly dividend has been declining. Can I expect uh, that to increase in this rising uh, rate environment? Yes, it will increase. I guarantee it okay. will increase. Okay, this is an exchange-traded fund corresponding to the Barclays U.S. floating rate note five-year index. So it's going to take a little time for you to start seeing the creep up in the rate, but it will. It should start to creep up. Okay? That's what I wanted to know. Okay, thanks for the call. I appreciate it. Okay, uh, 888-99-CHART. The first quarter of the year is going to end next week. Next week. There's two things I need you to watch carefully because this will tell us what the future is. Remember, as investors, you want to look at the future, not what's past, but what the future. So this is what you want to look for. You want to see if demand is still high. Demand for products, demand for goods and services, demand, demand, demand. So find out the growth rates or listen to the growth rates and the growth projections from the CEOs once they announce the earnings. The earnings will tell you if the growth rate that they predicted was high, but you're looking also for the next quarter. 
Is that still on target for that? The second thing, are profit margins holding up? Are they getting squeezed? That means are they keeping ahead of inflation? Those are two things I want you to watch for. I'm Steve Peasley, and this completes another InvestTalk program. Justin Klein and I thank you for listening, and we encourage you to tell your friends and family about our free podcast downloads. We will cross the 40 million mark pretty about, we think, this weekend, by the way. And thank you very much. Get your downloads anytime, iTunes, Google Play, and Spotify. Please be sure to review and rate us on iTunes, if you would. A positive rating really helps our profile, and we appreciate that. Okay, uh, independent thinking, share success. This is the best talk. Enjoy your weekend, everybody. Because of the nature of the interactive dialogue inherent in the format of this program, it's important for the listener to understand that not all comments made will apply to them specifically. Nothing said shall be taken to be investment advice, or shall statements on this program be considered an offer to buy or sell securities. Such advice is rendered solely on an individual basis and at times will require that the investor review a prospectus before investing. InvestTalk is a copyrighted program of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial, a registered investment advisor, which retains all rights. For more information regarding KPP's investment advisors, call 1-800-557-5461. Steve Peasley is President and Justin Klein Chief Executive Officer of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial. And they thank you for listening and welcome your comments or questions on our 24-hour listener line at 888-99-CHART.